Welcome to Legacy Therapy, the podcast that will teach you, in bite-sized chunks, how to leave a stress-free legacy so loved ones can focus on people, not paperwork, when you become ill or pass away. Here is your host and financial advocate, Stacy Golden-Lisnock. Hello and welcome to this episode of Legacy Therapy, Planning Techniques for a Stress-Free Legacy. This is Stacy Golden Lisnock, your financial advocate. And today I have with me Robin Quinn Keen. And Robin is the founder of The Quitting Culture. And she helps entrepreneurs and business owners get, their, get clear on their purpose, develop the mindset of finishing strong, and taking intentional action to reach their most personal goals. She's a former music and dance studio owner. She's a mom of four kids and a business coach. And she understands the massive impact unintentional quitting, both for children and adults, has on confidence, self-esteem, and results. Using her tech, using her unique blend of intuition, wisdom, and experience, and her visionary approach, Robin loves to help her clients achieve their goals and live with greater impact, freedom, and joy. So welcome, Robin. Thank you, Stacy. It's so nice to see you and great to be here with you. Yeah, thank you. I know I was on your podcast a while back. That was a good experience for me. So I, I uh, invited you to come on because you told me some interesting story. Yours is a good story. I like your kind of story. Yeah. And we need to kind of mix it up. We can't always be talking about the bad stuff. Right. So when when we have um, in top, talking about the topic that I have here for this podcast, legacy therapy and planning techniques for a stress free legacy, what does it take to leave behind uh, when it's your time to go, you know, to leave behind this wonderful organized, you know, might be a box or a folder or a pile or whatever it is, but to know that everything is there that you've already um, you're familiar with the information. It's not like you're going on this magical, mystical tour, tour when you um, start opening envelopes and boxes and looking through drawers. Mm-hmm. So you had a really, really positive um, experience. So I wanted you to kind of share that. Yeah, sure. So yeah, my experience, I just thought I had a normal experience after my parents passed. And I found out since from different friends and clients, I had a very unique experience. Um, my mom and dad, for whatever reason, I don't know who was the driver of the, of the system that they put in place. I'm still not sure. I was thinking about that this morning before we, we started talking, Stacy. I'm guessing it was my dad because he was very organized um, and really seemed to be on top of things. And I remember my dad as a little girl, like making investments. I remember talking about investments and I was a kid. I didn't even know what that meant but he was always financially astute and financially minded. And he didn't necessarily grow up that way. He pretty much grew up as an only child. His mom passed away when he was in his teens and raised by a stepdad. And he was in the military, right? His stepdad was. So I don't know where this all came from, from my dad, but he definitely had like some plan that he was working on for financial freedom for our family and then planning for the future. Uh, So one of the things that my parents planned for was uh, the special care that you can get, like when you're elderly and you need to go into a nursing home. I can't remember the name of long-term care, like if they had insurance. Yeah, they had the insurance for that. Mm -hmm. Right. So 
I don't think that's usual. At least I've not talked to anybody else whose parents have had that. So my mom and dad made sure that they had that handled so that my brother and I wouldn't have any financial concerns if they needed to be in some kind of care facility. Mm. That's very forward thinking. They, they seem like they're a little, little ahead of their time. That's excellent. Yeah, it really was. And so my mom passed away uh, 18 years ago. She was in her early 60s. And as I'm approaching the big 6-0 and just not too distant future, I'm like, wow, okay, she was pretty young. I thought she was young. But now that I'm, you know, I can see it not too far in my future. I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. So my mom passed away. And uh, the biggest challenge after my mom passed away was just that um, she had a lot of things and my dad didn't want all those things. And so then it became my brother's and my responsibility to empty the house because my dad bought a different smaller place and go through all of my mom's belongings. That, that was the biggest challenge, Stacy. It mm-hmm. took me 15 years of sorting to get through everything. Yeah. Yeah. But then my dad passed away seven years after that. So 11 years ago. And I didn't really think about the financial stuff until my dad had passed away. I, I really wasn't it wasn't on my mind. I had four little kids and it just wasn't top of mind at all. But I remember my dad making sure at some point that I had like his passwords to his computer. He told me, and when he got sick, it was very short. It was five weeks. And there were four of those five weeks. uh, He would not have been capable of giving me any instructions, quite honestly. So he already had, he's like, my stuff is in this desk drawer. This yellow sticky note has all of my passwords. If you can't find the sticky note, this little book does. And all of my financial papers are organized. Wow. Which, you know, I remember him telling me that for some reason, it kind of him opening the drawer and showing me kind of sticks out in my mind as like, I remember when he did that. Yeah. But again, I didn't have any experience with it. So I was just like, okay, cool, dad. Thank you. Um, So when my dad did pass away, I just went into his drawer. My brother was here and we went into the drawer and got his passwords and found everything in a folder for us, who to contact, you know, who was handling the cremation. Like he'd already paid for all of that. That was handled. There was very little to be done. So, you know, you're dealing with a lot of feelings of loss when that happens and to just be able to be fine with the loss and not have to worry about the details was really kind of lovely. Yeah, that's a gift. I mean, it's a huge gift Mm -hmm. because look at the flip side when you're then dealing with just, you know, family members that are fighting amongst each other for things and um, not agreeing on if they should be buried or cremated or expensive casket, an inexpensive casket. I mean, everything can become an argument. So you were quite fortunate. Yeah, it was, it was quite easy. So not just the, you know, cremation instructions and all of that, but, but everything, it was just all there for us. He actually even had a list of who'd contact like his friends, please let these friends know that I'm gone. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that was easy. Uh, You know, we had a lovely memorial service for him and all of his friends came, but I knew who he wanted me to contact. And uh, yeah, it was just so clear. And then, like I said, all of the financial instructions were handled for my brother and I. So there was, well, my brother and I, you know, went into my dad's home and emptied it, right? With my husband and we went in and did everything. But uh, my dad didn't leave super detailed instructions about who got what physical thing in the house, but my brother and I didn't care. It was just, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a big deal. But then to just know, okay, 
I've got to make these six phone calls to handle these things. My brother had a few phone calls to make. Um, and the rest was just seamless for both of us. And I contrast that now with one of my clients who I've had for years and the entire time she's been a client, which has been six years, I think she's been dealing with her dad's estate. Oh, yeah. Wow. Still, still it was yeah. on her list. I do accountability check-ins with all my clients every Monday. And I think it was on her list either this week or the week before she's like, and I need to tie up this thing on my dad's estate. I'm like, wow, six years. Yeah. Of, of so, sorting that out. How interesting. Cause that, cause that the, one of the courses that you do teach is a thing about clearing all of those loose, like loops, open loops that you can't seem to get that are things that I guess from what I, way I understand it, an open loop is a thing that just keeps coming back to remind you that this isn't done. This isn't done. And, and that's really a lot of what my class, I say that little voice that's on your shoulder that when somebody else gets hit by a car, or, you know, drops dead of a heart attack or whatever, something happens to somebody else, you think, oh, I'm glad that wasn't me because I'm not ready. <laughs> you know, it's like this little voice. And so if you don't have that little voice harping on you, that just really helps your energy level, right? You can do so much more. You can talk about that just for a minute, because I know that's so important that people, it really ties into this work in that you might think, oh, I'll just do it later, but oh, I'll just do it later. Is that open loop? Totally. It's an open loop. And really, so open loops are anything that we have not completed. And that can be completed with ourselves. Like this would be a completion with yourself, right? You know, there's something you need to get done. You need to sign your will or update your papers or whatever it is, the power of attorney, you know, that needs to get done. And when you're not handling it, it, it sits in your brain as an open loop. And that means sometimes open loops wake us up in the middle of the night. Sometimes they distract us in the middle of conversations or in the middle of a task. It just comes back to mind like, ah, I still need to do that. And so we literally lose our focus. We can lose energy. It's like an open, yeah, like a plumbing loop, right? It just, it's like, instead of being a seamless system, there's a place where the energy drains, the focus drains, the time drains. And so our brain keeps track. That's where it sits in our brain. That's it. So get it on paper as soon as you can, so you can acknowledge it. I, when I have open loops, I have a list and I literally post them where I can see them. And I can say to myself, not today, but I see you tomorrow. Yes, I see you. I'm doing this, you know, in five days, I see you, I acknowledge you, you are an open loop. That helps me just to, to sleep better, to know that I'm taking care of things. And I have, I have a whiteboard over there on my wall with my open loops. So I can see, yeah, that's not done yet. Yeah. So even just knowing that it's not done and having it where you can see it, it worries you less. It worries that brain of yours less, but it's so important to just finish these things. We just have so much more focus. Yeah, I know. And, and I know one of your uh, techniques is to actually write it down and get it out of your brain and onto the paper. That way it's sort of your brain now knows that it's secure. Like you're not going to forget. Cause I think the thing, like I tell myself sometimes too, um, don't forget that tomorrow. And then tomorrow I'm like, I know there's something that I was supposed to not forget. I couldn't tell you for the life of me what it was. Right. Yeah. But my brain, like, so that's why it's good. Like if I have a notepad by my bed or something to write yeah. it down, because otherwise I'm, it's just lost. And, and I know it was important at the moment, but mm -hmm. it just dissipates. So 
And that what you mentioned, a pad of paper by your bed, when I built my big music and dance studio, it had been smaller and then it got really big, like went from 700 square feet to 4,400 square feet or whatever. Uh, I kept a little, well, probably not too little, but I kept a pad of paper next to my bed. And before I went to sleep, I would do a brain dump every night of all, there's so much that goes into the construction of that and the hiring of all the teachers and the advertising. And so I literally would do a brain dump every night. And I'm telling you what, Stacey, that was probably, probably the most creative period I ever had in my life because I was doing something really fun and exciting, right? Like opening the bigger studio is very exciting. Yeah. And allowing the minutiae to be out of my head at night meant that I woke up in the morning with solutions. It would be crazy. I wouldn't even say good morning. I just get up and go, oh my gosh, I know what to do because (laughs) there was nothing for my brain to hold. It just, there was a clearing in my brain to be creative and Um, My husband used to just laugh. He's like, I don't even know what this is, but you're like on this creative fire path right now. So I would just encourage anybody to get into the habit of just getting it out. Yeah. But then getting it done. (laughs) Like it's getting it done. Get it out, but we want to get it done. And especially the kind of topic that you're discussing, we, gosh, it happens all the time, right? There's an accident, there's an unexpected passing and um, we just don't think it's going to happen. We think we're yeah. healthy. We don't think it's going to happen to us, but we, we run, I guess it's a bit of a gamble if we don't get it done. That's a big gamble because it's, yeah. it's definitely going to impact somebody else um, and not you, <laughs> you know, you're not going to be the one impacted. So, but the thing of it is, if you have been the one impacted, I think you're much more inclined to make sure that this doesn't happen to someone else because it, it's quite an intrusion on your on your time in life. And just like the lady you said is working on it for six years, that's just, and and, you know, it's not fun work because you're dealing in something that you don't normally deal in, right? So with their legal papers and dealing with people on contract, whatever it happens to be. And so if that's not your forte and something that you normally do, then it's very stressful. I mean, even just doing this podcast and doing this online business for me is all new learning. And for me, I mean, I chose to do it, but still it could get so stressful because, you know, you just don't know because you don't have the experience. Yeah. And I think also the idea of financial concerns too, like, am I getting going to be in trouble because I, there's something I don't know that I needed to report, or am I going to lose something because I'm not acting quickly enough to know that there was a deadline to file for something I mean, that to me is really stressful. So I'm really grateful to my parents to not have that to worry about. But I know from my one client who keeps talking about it, Mm -hmm. she has concerns about filings and extensions and that there's a lot of stress around that kind of financial commitment or obligation or, or what if you lose something because you didn't know something. So gosh, the stress that puts, my stress was different. My stress around my parents was that I was left with so much and stuff. And my mom wasn't a pack rat or anything or my dad, but they, you have stuff when you're in your, you know, sixties or seventies or eighties, you have stuff. And my commitment has been to get rid of my stuff. And so I am down to a small apartment and a 10 by 10 storage unit for everything that I own. And my goal is to empty the storage unit. 
and get down to just what I simply need to live because I do not want my children spending years <laughs> saying, what should I do with this thing? Like, yeah. right. I finally got a distinction that really helped me probably about six years into sorting, which was if it doesn't bring up a happy memory or there is no memory associated with it, get rid of it. That helped yeah. me a lot. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. I, my sister just pointed out in her garage, she, my mom died 18 years ago um, as well. It was 18 years in September. Oh, and wow. yeah, so she she was actually here to see the 9-11. <laughs> she was here to see Princess Diana. You know, she was she got very upset about those things too because she was getting up there. But um, my sister pointed out to me in her garage, she's like, oh, do you see that thing up there? She says, it has knitting needles in it from mom. And so my mom had this really cool thing that she made and it was just, it rolled up and you, so you unroll it and it has slats where you, oh, yeah. she put yeah. the needles in, she made it herself, whatever. So it was like this homemade me needle holding yeah. thing. And yeah. she, she has it in a box in the garage and she's like, ah, it's like, you hate to get rid of it, but, uh, you, but what do you do with it? Right. But, but that's, that's exactly right. Because now you don't know what to do with it. And yet it doesn't have a value to you and it won't have a value to your children. So someone has to make a decision, right? And then nobody right. wants to be that person. I remember when I got rid of my grandma's wedding dress, but I thought, okay, I'm, I have a wedding dress from like the thirties. What's a collector's I item. <laughs> I don't think so. It wasn't in great shape anymore. And I just thought, okay, that needs to go. But I, well, I'm the one having to make a decision. That's, yeah. And yeah. I don't want my kids to have to do that. I want them to be able to spend uh, four hours in the afternoon and go, which things of moms do you want? There are 20 items here. Yeah. Well, that's, that's very nice of you, Robin. <laughs> very, very nice. Um, <laughs> my mom, actually, we thank, we thank God all the time because she actually uh, moved into a senior housing, you know, community out here. So she yeah. had to downsize the house that she had lived in for over 30 years. And yeah. we were just so grateful that we didn't have to go through the garage, which was packed and um, just everything because she yeah. liked to collect. So that's the other thing. Our parents were big collectors of, you know, mm -hmm. Hummel figurines and Rockwell plates and, yeah. and tea sets and China and this. And it's like, nobody wants that stuff. I took it all to Goodwill two years ago. This oh. month, I took it all to Goodwill. All their Hummels, all their Yadros, all of their, yep, all of that stuff went to Goodwill because I went, I can't sell it. I, I tried to, and I don't want all that. I just, it, you know, some people go, gosh, you're not very sentimental. Well, maybe, but yeah. what is the value of trucking around boxes of stuff? Right. To right. me, it's, the value is not there. So yeah. I yeah. have preferred, I've asked my children, do you want these things? No, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, yeah. then it's up to me because yeah. otherwise my grandchildren are going to be looking at stuff someday going, what was grand, great or grandma or great grandma thinking? Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's something to it. I mean, you're what you do to help people like clear the clutter in their, in their brain probably is the same, you know, concept of clearing the clutter around you, because I think that has a, an impact as far as uh, it drains my energy for sure, because you look at stuff and go, I really need to go through that room. I really need to go through that, those boxes, you know, they've been there for so long 
I don't even know what's in them anymore, but yet that curiosity factor won't won't allow me to let them go without me going through them. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So just all of these things we're talking about really are a gift to the people that are here when we're gone. Right. Not leaving so much clutter, having our stuff organized. Um, I still have a few things I need to get together, Stacy. but I'm having talked to you and work with you a little bit, I've gotten clear on, oh, okay, these are some of the parts and pieces that I just need to have complete. And then, and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. I mean, sure, I might need to update my will or yeah. I don't know, do something someday, but if it's handled now, then I can just rest and know that my children will not be struggling with whatever mess. And when, you know, I've got four kids. I don't want them having to figure out who's in charge of that either. Right. Somebody has to kind of be the leader that that's a lot to put on one of your kids. Yes, it is. And I, and I have, you're lucky you have four good kids, you know, some, some don't have it quite that way. And then they have to pick the good kids over like the ones that aren't being responsible. And then that puts the good kid in a bad light because now they're, they're going to get they're going to get kind of uh, harassed by the other one. It just puts them in a bad spot. So there's actually, um, uh, what is it called? Certified fiduciaries that people are going to these days where you name them in your trust and and so forth. And then, so then it's a third party handling it and it's much easier on everybody because they are removed from the chaos of the family. That's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows, right? If, if I, when I eventually die someday, I don't know how old my kids will be, but that almost makes sense to do that. And that way, I don't know what will transpire in my family mm-hmm. rather than create more havoc. Yeah. <laughs> and I you do. know what happens though, too, is sometimes like the one that is assigned to be in charge, um, it's just overwhelmed by it all and can't oh. manage it because it's not their for their forte. I mean, it's not yeah. their will. So, so this, I, and this one lady that I, that I know who is a certified fiduciary, she was telling me of a situation where the family just got so, uh, you know, just entangled by the whole thing. And it was just going nowhere yeah. um, that, that she got hired by the, the child that was the one that was supposed to be in charge that said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. So and, but we can avoid so much of this, right? If we're organized, we can so much of that. It's the conversations right? is what it is in, in advance right. of any ill health or any, you know, diagnosis or any accident or death or whatever, if the conversations take place and people are all on the same page, then it's very clear. But the problem is, is most people won't have that conversation. And so there in there lies the problem. But so, but yeah, the, 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 um, the course, you know, it's seven modules. And so sometimes people think they have all their stuff together, but really um, what we're finding um the responses back that we're getting is the people are saying things like, you know, wow, I thought I had that whole part done, but you brought up a couple of points. Now I'm going to have to go back and kind of fix a few things or, you know, maybe even address some things that were not, that were left out in the mm-hmm. thinking process um, when they put it together originally, because there's definitely things that you just forget. And, sure. and even when you're in the, in the, like, say you had a terminal diagnosis or something and you really want to be, you have the energy because that's a problem too. You, you know, you really want to make sure that you're not leaving a big mess. That's really the hard time to do it because you're not able to really truly focus and you do forget about 
certain things that just haven't thought of in years. You could have money at an old employer that would, that would be um, accessible and things like that. And sometimes it's just never discovered because you never mentioned it and no one would have a way to, it happened to a friend of mine just recently. So him and his wife worked at the same job for years. I think that's where they met. And she passed away recently and she knew things were going south. And so they had like this debrief talk. She never mentioned it. He didn't know about it, but he got a, a letter on his own behalf. And it was about this money that was somewhere in the company. And he called up and he said, would my wife actually have some because she's passed away and, wow. and, and there was money there. Wow. Yeah, that he never would have found. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love the work you do because I don't, I mean, we don't know what, to, we don't have a checklist. You have a checklist. Yeah, I have a checklist. <laughs> right? <But laughs> yes, I even do. If you, even if you Google it online, I mean, you're going to get different things from different people oh. saying that they should have, but I think you have a great course and can really help people figure out what exactly they need to have because there are so many things. I think we talked even about like subscriptions that I have, right? Like subscriptions mm -hmm. to Apple for my music and to... Uh, Vimeo, especially as an entrepreneur, right? Zoom and Vimeo and all these subscriptions that I pay for. Right. And they're just going to continue if people don't know that they need to have access to all of those accounts and close them. Right. It's just it's stuff like that. Yeah. And I always worry about, um, you know, my calendar, like I had, like, say something happened to me last night. I have all these people, uh, you know, that I have on my calendar for today. Like they would be logging into zoom waiting for me to show up and nobody was home you know so right. what happens in those days when when that happens I mean that's why I just never get mad when something like that happens I'm like oh I wonder if something happened you yeah. know because you can't just assume that they flaked on you no um because life is that way right anything could happen to them or somebody in their household or their family where they were just pulled away True. um like in the minutes notice. So yeah. Well, Robin, this has been, gosh, this is great. We could talk all day about this, but yeah. we, we want to try to keep it to a to a bite-sized chunks. You know, we talk about bite-sized chunks so we can get it all done. And I think yeah. this is really valuable information for people to realize. I mean, we it's it's the same underlying theme, you know, it's never going to be too early to get this stuff done, but it could definitely be too late if you keep putting it off and then, and then in talking to you, it's not only that is that you're robbing your creativity, you're robbing your time, you're sucking out your energy by mm -hmm. having these undone, you know, loops um, out there. So I appreciate yeah. that. And it's such a gift to your, to the people you leave behind and to, to not have to do the same thing, then they've got a bunch of open loops, right? So let's just close the loops. Yeah. And that way the next group after you, your children, whoever survives you, they're not going to have all of that open loop stuff either. It'll just be complete for them, which is what a gift, such a gift. I just, I really grateful to my parents for being so on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love hearing those stories. That's for sure. So I had, you know, have to mix it up here and have some really good stories, but yeah. um, we, we aspire to have the information um, travel. <laughs> For you sure. figure once you do it and you're so proud of the fact that you got it done that you'll tell other people and they'll tell people and all that. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, Robin. It's been really a pleasure. And I always like to end the show by mentioning the website, www.gotittogethernow.com and check out 
the course and check out what we're doing. But I also, Robin, want to give a chance for you to kind of uh, let people know how they could get a hold of you and look into the things that you're doing. They're pretty amazing. I really think you're doing some good stuff. So thank you. Thank you, Stacy. Yeah, you can find me at quitting culture, not quilting, quitting. <laughs> Somebody's like, I can't find you. I'm like, send me what you're putting in quilting. No, that's not me. Uh, quittingculture.com. And you'll see even a little opt in for the klepto code where you can just grab the PDF. But um, I do the course uh, live. I'm doing it live in Facebook. I'll be doing it again sometime. So just reach out to me. And if you'd like to know when that happens again, really happy to include you. Yeah. So thank you so much, Stacy. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you. So um, I will end this here. And I just wanted to let everybody know um, this I'll be signing off. Stacy Golden Lisnock, your financial advocate. And just uh, have a great day and be safe out there. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Therapy Podcast. If we hit it out of the park today and you learned at least one new thing to take action on in your own quest to planning the best legacy possible, then be sure to tell your friends. Subscribe and rate and review wherever you get your podcast. The show notes will provide the sites and information that were discussed today. You can get more great tips, resources, and inspiration by visiting our website, LegacyTherapyPodcast.com.